Project 101, Pereta, Bolivia. Search for the red-fronted macaw. I checked into bus times to Aikile, near where I wanted to go next. A bus left at 1pm, so I figured I could rest on the bus. The five-hour journey actually took six hours, and I arrived in the town of Aikile at 7pm. It was the start of a little adventure. None of the places I was to visit were in any guidebook, and I didn't even know if there was any places to stay. I asked where I got dropped off if there was a bus to Peña Colorada, and apparently it left at 9pm. I sat there on the pavement watching the village come alive in the evening. The coya woman next to me was barbecuing bits of meat and potatoes for pennies, so I pigged out. Peña was the place Toad stayed last year and told me that there was a place to stay, but when I arrived in the tiny village the people told me that it had closed down. I wasn't phased as these things have usually got a way of sorting themselves out. I sat on the pavement here and had a few more bits of barbecued meat and potatoes before getting pointed towards the plaza where there was a roofed area. I blew up my inflatable mattress and had a lovely night's sleep in the cool, fresh mountain air. I packed my stuff up and waited in the plaza for a bus to show up. It finally did, and for some reason the 12-kilometer ride took almost two hours. I'd finally made it to the town where there were nesting cliffs of the endangered red-fronted macaw. Toa had done some work here before and put me in touch with a nice biologist called Abraham, or Abram, who worked for Armenia, and had kindly offered to let me stay in the room that he rented. I asked for the house of Martin Macias and got pointed to the house right in front of me. I knocked on the door and explained that I was a friend of Abram, a slight over-exaggeration since I'd only spoken to the guy once on the phone. He said it was no problem and he even got his 14-year-old son to take me over to the nesting cliffs. He was a nice kid and really seemed to like birds. The cliffs were incredible. At least 30 red-fronted macaws seemed to live there and I got some nice pictures of them flying over my head. There were also some other birds nesting in the cliffs like cliff flycatchers and the endemic cliff parakeets which looked very similar to the common monk parakeets I'd seen in Argentina. It was a beautiful place and I could see why Armenia were building a lodge here for visitors to come and see the macaws. Mrs. Marcias made me some nice soup for lunch, and after bathing in the clear river, I went back out in the evening to try and get some better photos of the red-fronted macaws. I climbed up a steep slope to the side of the cliffs so I could be on the same level as the birds, and sat tight waiting for them to come closer. I got some really great shots. In the evening I bought a few things from the family shop and treated Weimar and Lisbeth, the children, to soda, a sickly fizzy orange drink. I got some small potatoes and cheese for dinner too, which was nice and wholesome. The kids thought it'd be funny to try and teach me some Quechua. I learnt a few phrases like Imainakasangi, how are you? And Imasutigi, what's your name? I love learning new languages. Despite my feeling of well-being, I had the shits again in the night. I didn't even know where the toilet was, so I walked into the wilderness out back. Not easy in flip-flops with cacti every two paces. Every dog in the area seemed to know what I was up to and were barking loudly. What a relief it was to get back into bed. I felt a little better by morning and went out to photograph a few birds I'd missed yesterday, like grey-crested finch, crown slaty flycatcher, and mitred parakeet. I came back and had breakfast with the mother and daughter. This is really one of the loveliest families I've met. Not what I was expecting around here at all. I chatted with them until I heard a truck coming, and I rushed out front to stop it. I said thank you to the mother and pressed a bit of cash in her hand for the food. The truck dropped me off in the town of Saipina, from where I was told there'd be a bus to the town of Comarapa. It was midday, but I was told there wouldn't be a bus until 6pm. I had a lunch in the market and sat in the shade reading my book. 
In the early afternoon, a truck pulled up with about seven people in. They really stood out by the fact that they all looked quite educated. They started talking to me and offered me a lift to Comarapa if I didn't mind tagging along through some communities. They worked for an agricultural NGO called SIAT and were trying to sell people potato seeds with little success as it seemed. I joined them for my second lunch, chatting away. It started to rain as we pulled out of town, so we pulled a plastic sheet over us in the back to keep us dry. I sat chewing coca leaves and various nuts that they kept handing out. We had a nice little jaunt around the countryside, meeting local farmers before the sunset, and we finally pulled into Comarapa. Just before getting to town, Freddy, the driver, slammed on his brakes and started reversing, then went forward again, all the time cursing in Spanish something like, Little bastard! It turned out to be a deadly venomous rattlesnake. Bit OTT if you ask me. I had dinner with two of them, Alex and his wife, whose name escapes me. I said I might call in on their farmhouse out of town if I had time. I was really tired and felt like shit, but still managed to drag myself out of bed to go birding. I walked out of the hotel and across the road to the petrol station where taxis left for San Isidro, 20 kilometers away. It passed the small town of Tambo on the way, and I got out here and started walking behind the mission school. It was early morning and really birdy, walking past the rich Americans' houses. Further along, the road went past a hill with arid cactus scrub where I saw a few goodies, always keeping an eye out for my target species, the endemic Bolivian earth creeper. I didn't see it, but the light was great, and I got some really good photos of other species like white-tipped plant cutter and spot-backed puffbird. I carried on walking along the road, which seemed to go on and on forever. It was really hot, and I started to tire. A few locals nodded at me, and one guy asked me what I was doing. Oh, just walking around, looking at birds. The road ended in a river. Well, actually, it continued on the other side, but I didn't fancy wading through like the guy with a box of tomatoes on his head, so I started the long walk back to the main road. By the time I got there, I had a splitting headache and sat under the shade of a tree until a taxi came by. I had a shower and walked back to the market for a nice cheap late lunch. I had a typical Bolivian soup with rice and a lump of bone with a scraggy piece of meat on it. Seriously, I don't think Bolivians would eat soup unless it had that bone in it. Just what you're used to, I guess. I walked up a hill overlooking the town with a statue of Jesus on it. My lips were still a mess after my cold sores and cracked painfully when I took a mouthful of food. 